Coming up on today's episode, we discuss living forever, adults who play with Legos, mandatory voting, and hashtag van life. All that and more on For or Against. Just old friends on the podcast who build a defense on ridiculous topics. Are you for or against? Discussing random issues, man, this show is immense. So tune in and choose a side that you sit on the fence, man. We debate a lot of issues, boy, where do we start? Adults who drink milk and self-driving cars. You listening now to For or Against. So turn the volume up, this is For or Against. Hello and welcome to For or Against, a podcast for new friends produced by old friends. I'm your host, Mike McFadden. Joining me today are Robbie Silver, Mike Weinman, and Pat Lothian. Thank you all for joining me today. What's We're up? doing it. Hey, how are you? <laughs> very, very good. Um, Pat, it has you're been- so- edgy and up to date with your <laughs> reference Thank you. It, it has been a week since we last recorded so right now i'd like to do our weekly update what's going on in your life so let's start with uh you robbie oh not much here uh other than the fact that this is um our last week in west virginia mm-hmm. so we are enjoying the last week in 100 degree weather every day and humidity and storms but Really enjoyed our time here, and then uh, we'll be saying peace out, West Virginia, in a few days. And you're headed to the land of Lincoln, yes? Yeah, we're going to stop back in New Jersey for a little bit, and then over to Illinois to get some socially distant FaceTime with family, since we haven't seen them in a long time. All right, very cool. Well, best of luck on your travels. Enjoy your last week in West Virginia. Uh, Pat, Thank you. you were not with us last week, but it looks like uh, you have something to say about our, our previous <laughs> episode, according to the outline. <laughs> what would you like to, to enlighten us with today? Um, so Robbie just wasn't very good last time. <laughs> just in general? <laughs> okay, whining. <laughs> so uh, what else you got? <laughs> so uh, last week you guys talked about um, game tournament, video game tournaments. Esports as a spectator. E-sports, yes. Okay. None of you really understood it. And I was listening, <laughs> thinking I understand it because uh, as a 30-something-year-old man, I sometimes watch streamers while I'm working and um, what I, I was saying watch children on the internet play video games. Well, what's interesting is <laughs> so the, the people I watch are actually around my age and they're making like millions of dollars and they get like, people will give them like $500 at a time. And that can't be like a eight year old doing that. Oh yeah. We, so, we discussed it. We get it. So clearly, yeah. There's by the way, I'm, I'm not against those people playing and making a million dollars. I'm against you, Patrick, watching, watching those it. people play. It was yes. specifically esports as a spectator was yes. the topic. So, Pat, you watch esports professionals, though. Like, you won't watch an yes. amateur esports <laughs> No, so athlete. what I was trying to explain was that, like, the reason why I watch and some other people watch is one, if you, you have to understand the game that's being played. So like if I watch them streaming a game that I don't know, or I'm not uninterested in, that is boring. But if I'm watching somebody play a game that I enjoy playing, but at a level that I will never be at, it's interesting because they're doing things that I could never do in that game. The same way that you would watch, people play basketball in a way that you could never play basketball, but you wouldn't watch people down the street playing basketball every day on your TV. You can watch your so. neighbor play a horse. <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, Which don't miss episodes well. and we would have been able to hear all of that. <laughs> so there's, there's much more. It's deeper, but I, I feel like that's for another time. 
Okay. So um, yeah, another time, like last week. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, Robbie or Mike, you asked me to venture a guess as to why I think some young people <clears throat> might enjoy watching esports, and I think my answer was pretty close to what Pat just explained. Yeah, it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Good Russia, job. Pat, we didn't need you. All right, um, <laughs> Winand, what's going yes. on with you? Uh, as we all know, we're we're following the saga of my calf strain uh, week by week. Um, still, uh, still working on it. So I've moved on to uh, to strength training. Got out the old uh, bench and, and free weights. So watch out because uh, I'm getting swole. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Do you have Wallet a favorite um, free weight lift? Um, the goblet squat. I oh, think yeah. it's it's a good one. Um, I, I've I've neglected my butt over the years of, of working out, and uh, we've been meaning uh, to tell you. <laughs> yeah, and uh, so I'm gonna have a nice juicy one uh, <laughs> in the next couple. Of months. That's the adjective that you want. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, we're excited to see your thirst trap photos on the Instagram <laughs> in the near future. My head over um, my shoulder. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, so I have an update uh, for for you all, as I shared um, on uh, or offline. Um, I did an interview that was uh, with another podcast, the Out of the Blank podcast, and I want to talk a little bit about how this came to be because uh, we've been working on our Instagram uh, you follower have. followership. Well, the, the royal we, which is <laughs> I guess me alone. We're over 125 followers at this point, and um, I've been sort of thinking about like we don't really have a niche. A lot of podcasts are like, yo, this is like a podcast about hot sauce, and there's like a built-in community there. We don't really have that. And so the people that I've been following are mostly other podcasters, which I don't know if that's going to translate to listeners, and it might be a, a long you know road to hoe to you know get uh, <laughs> some organic growth with this podcast. Um, but in reaching out to these other content creators, um, this one guy, Rob, the host of the out of the blank podcast, who does, um, a conversation every single day about an hour in length, um, reached out and said, Hey, do you want to be on the show? And I said, yeah, sure. Let, let's go ahead and do it. And so, uh, I, I wanted to sort of return the favor of um, him putting us on and we're, uh, we're putting him on and we'll, we'll link to him in our show notes. Um, sort of, uh, meandering conversations that uh, don't necessarily uh, have a, a path charted, but um, he's got all sorts of different guests on. He's had like uh, stand-up comedians um, of repute. Um, uh, some some people like a specific one that I listened to that I gave the example for was the podcast um, about hot sauce. And so um, sort of a cool, interesting um, podcast if you're looking to to find something else to, to listen to. So Rob, thanks a lot. And uh, anyone else that has their own podcast, if you want to have us on, any one of us, all of us, I'm sure we'd be happy to oblige and perhaps return the favor in the near future. All right. Now it's time to play for or against. One of us is going to present a topic. We're going to analyze that topic, and then we're going to decide if we are for or against that topic. And starting us off today is our very own Robbie Silver. hey So this topic <laughs> has the potential to get very complex. I'm going to try to keep it fairly straightforward, maybe throw in a couple caveats as we discuss. But my topic is living forever. Are you for or against the uh, if you had the ability to live forever would you choose to do so or would you say 
no thanks. I'm good. I have, some, I have some clarifying questions before you okay, choose. Okay, bring it. That's so in the outline, it says living forever slash life extension. So are, are, what are we talking about? Is this like a, a magic genie scenario where like all of a sudden you can live forever? Or are we talking about the plausible notion that uh, you know, like I, I th- believe um, there's an article written where like the first person to live to 150 has already been born. So like what are, what are we talking about here? So somewhere in the middle, I'm talking about the, not the idea of, I I brought up life extension because I think I want to hit on that in a little bit. But first, just like if we as a society could choose for ourselves, we would like to live forever. Would you do that? And I I think, you know, maybe that's not truly possible, but technologies will continue to evolve that will allow us to extend our lives longer and longer. So I just want to go all the way and say, what if we could all just live forever? What do you choose? And could our loved ones live forever too, or? Yeah, so I knew that question was gonna come up, so I (laughs) thought about it. Yes, I don't want this to be like a single magical thing where only one person can live forever. If you can live forever, then certainly other people have the ability to live forever too. And we're not talking about like a magical afterlife, we're talking about like living on our planet. Living on planet Earth, yes. Who do you want want to, to lead us off, Robbie? Uh, Pat, you're, you've got the questions going, so I want to hear what you have to say. Like when the planet dies, what happens? Then you'll be gone. Like it, when you're talking about billions and billions of years from now, when planet Earth no longer exists, then you what won't about, exist. What about your boy Elon Musk and Mars? <laughs> so <laughs> are, we, are we invincible? I think we when should narrow this down. Like what I if someone's... I think we should narrow this down to say living, uh, f- not necessarily living forever, because there's there's too much uh, unknown and like it's it's too philosophical to to talk about like the infinite unknown. But let's okay. just say you can live um, without dying from like old age or or like natural cause. Like if you get hit by a bus, like you're dead, you're over, that's it. But and so like if if the world you know yes that's a good way turns to put into it. a ball of fire then like you're also dead and, yes. and gone forever so like it's Thank basically you. let's say like the most extreme version of life extension for the context of this conversation and then if we want to talk about you know the ethereal unknown we can save that for another show yeah right, so Pat, essentially Pat you have the ability to live for hundreds of millions of years to come so long as you don't do something stupid but like then it sucks even more if you die young or even if you die at 90, like if you, <laughs> if you could have lived for millions of years, that's a real bummer, Robbie. So Thanks. do you just want to die at 90 regardless then? No, I'd go on forever. <laughs> so you're four, that's it. End of thought. <laughs> I, think it was I thought this was going to be such a complex. I got thoughts, deep. Rob. I have <laughs> thoughts. I think you just started with the wrong guy. <laughs> All right. Well, McFadden, I, I know that you've actually been interested in this topic, so I do want to hear what you have to say. Yeah, I'm interested in both topics um, in terms of uh, sort of ways in which living forever could potentially take place and then also sort of like, like life extension. Um, I'm going to sort of put life extension to the side right now, and I want to dive into a, a way in which I think um, a living forever scenario might actually play out. And I think it coincides or sort of um, intersects with the idea of the singularity. And so for those of you that don't know what the singularity is, it's essentially the point in time that has to do with like artificial intelligence and computers 
um, sort of achieving parity and then surpassing uh, a parity with human intelligence and then surpassing it um, potentially by leaps and bounds. And so in a scenario in which computers are that smart, it's not super unrealistic to think that scientists or AI could develop a way to essentially download your um, your, your consciousness. So like everything that you know, your patterns of thinking could be emulated in a, in a sort of digital realm, whether that's cloud-based or in a, a you know, actually yep. like a physical box or not, like who, who knows exactly what that looks like, but you could essentially like back up your mind. So then it becomes more of a question of like, you know, is that actually you? Have you created a second version of yourself? And and maybe if like your actual living being, your biological being, you know, perishes, then you can flip the switch and then you can turn on your digital backup. And then perhaps you can't like go on a physical hike, but your loved ones can go and interact with you in a way that would be indistinguishable from, you know, going on a, a phone call with like your, your grandfather. And so I, I think that, we're going to get into like a philosophical question at some point about what is that thing that is the backup of the individual. Um, but I think that for those who are biologically alive, they will be able to interact with their air quotes, deceased relatives in perpetuity. And I am for that. I, I'm McFad, excited do, do you remember for that, that on episode one or two, I mentioned that, Amazon Prime show upload. Yes. You just described that that. exact show. Well, I (laughs) think this is, I'm not claiming this to be an original thought. I'm just saying that in this scenario of living forever, I think that this is the most plausible way that that could happen. And I'm for it. I would love to be able to go have a conversation with, you know, William McFadden, who fought at, uh, not my brother, but uh, my grandfather's <clears throat> grandfather, who fought at Pickett's Charge. And, you know, ask him, you know, what was that like? And, uh, <laughs> okay, so let me, <laughs> let me a rough day. Let me ask great. something that you haven't really hit on yet. Okay. That would be really awesome to talk to your old relatives and your future relatives but then what? Like that could take up a good few years, a good hundred years, a good thousand years. But we're talking about forever. We're talking about millions and hundreds of millions and billions of years. Rob, can I give you my thought? Yeah, I'll, I'll and, pass the mic to, to Winan. Winan, please. Um, I'll, I'll tap into my, uh, pri- my private liberal arts education for a moment. Um, did you also minor in religious studies? <laughs> I did not, no. But I did take a few classes in, uh, in philosophy. Uh, and there's a Japanese aesthetic uh, way of thought philosophy called wabi-sabi, which at the risk of sounding dangerously reductive is based on the principle that the imperfection of things or rather the impertinence of things is, is what gives them beauty. Um, like think of that eagle or that hawk that you saw, Mike, that hawk that, that, that went past your house the other day. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, like a, a hawk in the sky observing it for a moment, it's a fleeting moment. It's a beautiful moment. But yeah. if that hawk was always there, or in this case, if you were always there, that, that moment would no longer be meaningful. There are no beginnings without ends. There's no meaning of life without death. So I am against it in any way, shape, or form. Death is a part of life. Um, well, in this, in this conversation, there still would be death. It's just definitely it would be a an elongated version of life 
in which you could have a, a lot of original moments. I mean, imagine I being know. able to explore the entire world. I don't, I mean, truly, I mean, how many sunsets until, until the sunsets no longer have beauty, right? They already like, don't. But if you live for that, you live a very sad life. But Mike, if you lived forever, who you know says you have to stay earthbound? You could go enjoy a planet celestial body that has two suns, a double sun. Potentially, yeah. yeah. If the technology does exist, potentially. You yes. want to rob? But, but the question is: the question is not whether I could do it, but the question is what what that would mean to me, and if I and if that would just be one of a million examples. It wouldn't have it, its preciousness. Think of the, fra- the, the that, mean, that thought of something being precious and ethereal and fleeting. That feeling is important and meaningful and necessary for, the, uh, for you to even experience it in any meaningful way. Well, I buy what you're saying, but um, I, I also don't think that what I have said is um, counter to what you have said at all. Because to me, my version of living forever is really for your descendants. It's not really for you. It's not. So you're if saying you that that's not actually idea. you. Well, I guess through this conversation, you've you've swayed me to the side of a digital backup of you would not actually be you. I don't think you would experience time in the same way, but I think that you could st- a version of you could still go on into the forever. Um, like a li- li- be a library book, basically. <laughs> yeah, you're just I sitting mean, on a yeah. shelf until somebody picks you up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, th- if if that's the case, then that's not you. You would be you. I, I think there's a world where you do have your digital consciousness backed up somewhere, but it needs to be in a format where you're still able to think and live and use your thoughts every moment of every day as if you are. Well, but even alive. if it's, even if you are like physically alive, it's the idea of you're transitioning from your thoughts in one place to another. So you'd never really know if that is still you because the new version would think, Oh, I am me but the old version, is that just gone or are, would you somehow continue into that next form? So I would, I would think that the original form would just be, that original person would just technically be gone. It's like cloning somebody basically, is that next version isn't the same person. Sort of like the opposite is. of cloning, because cloning you get like the exact same biological well, I, thing without yes. <laughs> the notion of thyself. <laughs> but in here oh, you get to transfer me. the self without the biological, you know, entity that contains the vessel. Have any of you guys seen the Netflix show from like a year ago starring Paul Rudd? And it, I started I, watching I, it. I started and it seemed and kind of creepy, it. and then yeah, yeah it, it, it made me creepy, feel bad. <laughs> it, yes, I agree. But it's, now that shows describing what you're talking about now. Or I, I don't want to yeah. give too much away, but basically, you start as a person. There's some sort of a clone, and the clone thinks that it's continuing on from that first life without realizing. So exactly, all sorts of craziness. Well, I believe in the prestige. That was how uh, yeah. the Hugh Jackman character was able to uh, do his magic. A okay, we're getting off topic. Like what do that. you think about so, living yeah. forever? As I said at the beginning, this could get way too complex, and we are already starting to go in that direction. 
Um, Should we just move on? Yeah, don't even worry about what I think. <laughs> uh, uh, I, I think I, we should come back to life extension um, in another, a future another episode yeah. with, with some clearly um, delineated caveats about where we want that conversation to go. <laughs> yeah, so we don't I do spend wanna, 15 minutes talking about I, what we want to talk about. <laughs> I do want to say one thing. The longest life ever lived in human history is 122 years old. 122. Um, I want to ask Wine in one question because McFadden and Patrick both were for living forever. Wine and you are against it. Mm-hmm. If you don't want to live forever, how long do you want to live? Um, I think it all comes down. I mean, if I'm going to age, <clears throat> 122 sounds pretty good. Um, somewhere in that range. I think if I'm going to become an old man, you know, there's certainly a, a, an issue of quality of life at the end. Um, but can I quote the 17th century Japanese poet Bosho? Maybe that'll give <laughs> you your answer, Basho. Please. I think that's I, out I of copyright, answer, so yeah, please. go right ahead. Oh, yeah. Uh, old pond, a frog jumps in, the sound of water. Think about it. Go on. No, that's that's, that's the whole poem. That was it. <laughs> you should have known. That's it. Well, Juan, I, I, I have to say you convinced me. Awesome. I agree with you. I'm also against living forever. Uh, I do agree that at some point it would just be like, what am I doing here? I'm, I've seen, I've been to different solar systems. I've been, I've done everything and I'm just tired of it now. And to quote the great George Harrison, all things must pass. And in that passage of all things comes beauty. Okay, um, on to an equally serious topic. We're going to move to Patrick Lothian. Patrick, equally <laughs> serious topic. What do you have for us? Okay, so my topic is Legos as an adult. So setting up the situation, it's Christmas morning. You didn't tell your parents what you want. You open up the gift, and it's Legos. Are you happy? <laughs> Are you concerned? Are you sad? And if... Either way, if you had to get Legos, what Legos would it be? And, and in this <laughs> scenario, you still wake up on Christmas morning and have an expectation that your parents got you a present <laughs> as a 35-year-old yes. man? Yes. Okay, just, just checking. <laughs> <laughs> Who would you like to go first in this Christmas-themed um, scenario? Robbie? Uh... <laughs> 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 it took a second. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to go with Wynan because he talked about all of his Legos when he was young. <laughs> I did, yeah. yeah. We got one listener <laughs> last week. Uh, I'm a believer that creative expression is important in, or an easy or helpful way to find fulfillment in life. So um, if the way that you express yourself creatively is through Danish children toys, then I say go for it. Um, and I'm Are speaking- Legos Danish? Yeah. And I'm speaking mostly about like, you know, taking all of the box, like, you know, the blanks and putting them together and making something creative, something, not necessarily the like out of the box and follow the instructions, but that's like more of a collection rather than an expression. But I've said in the past that collections also have value. So I guess I'm not against that either. So I'm for, for Legos as an adult. Okay. And what would, if you had to open up Legos, what would you want it to be? I'd want it to be like a box of just, you know, like several 
like a mishmash, you know, like just yeah, nothing. They make like those a, now. A raw slab, you know, the Michelangelo's Michelangelo's uh, marble slab, and and I'd, I'd make something out of out of it. Yeah. I like it. Uh, let's go on to Robbie. Christmas morning. What do you got? <laughs> I don't know what that is. Um, so there was this guy (laughs) (laughs) well i feel about legos as an adult similarly to how i feel about puzzles which is that i've got no beef with puzzles i just don't really i don't have much time to focus on puzzles or legos for that matter like i've got i've got a lot going on in my day so when am i really gonna find time to make legos build with legos (laughs) So, I like actually, the idea of Robbie making Legos from <laughs> scratch, not constructing anything of Legos, but <laughs> making raw Legos as his hobby. Yeah, I get a huge block of plastic and Is melt the it down. Legos or Lego? So, I, I did some research into this, and I believe uh, in the United States of America, we've decided that it's Legos, but okay. the rest of the world refers to them mm. as Lego bricks. Ah. Interesting. Well, anyways, I'm for it um, only because I'm not really against it. And, <laughs> uh, and then to answer your other question, wine kind of stole mine. I would definitely choose a mishmash. I don't want to follow the instructions and build one singular thing. I want to have the freedom to explore and, and use my STEM brain to come up with something cool on my own. Very cool. Uh, I guess we'll go to Mike next. Okay. Um, I'm going to be against this. Um, In in the scenario that you outlined, uh, which is my parents have surprised me with a Christmas gift and they have given to me a set of Legos fully well knowing that I have a son who probably would like Legos at some point. He's a little too young right now. Um, So in this hypothetical scenario, I'm going to assume that he's old enough to play with Legos without them being a choking hazard. And then my parents, for some reason, gave me the gift that's better suited to him. Now, if it was meant to be something that I could then, you know, share with him, I get it. But it's really just give Jack the Legos. Don't give them to me. He's Um, not ready for them yet. So what about you? He, He can't use them. So now in this next hypothetical situation where he is the age that he is, um, I'm still against it because now my parents have, have given me a bunch of choking hazards that I need to <laughs> protect my son from. Um, they know that he's better suited for Duplos, the larger, less prone to choking <laughs> construction toy block. So I'm against. Pat? What do you think? Did this happen to you? Did this come from life <laughs> experience? This feels personal. No, it just uh, Wynand had talked about having a bunch of Legos when he was a kid and wanting a minivan to put them in. And I still love Legos <laughs> and uh, Go for would, it, man. would like some. I really enjoy, like I get putting together like your own idea or whatever, but I really enjoy that model idea behind it you're like fitting the pieces together there's something about that i really like um you like birthdays in two weeks you like the kits (laughs) yes okay so you like following the directions to build a rocket ship or something yeah except you don't like the blank slate you know a a smorgasbord i did that legos i did that a handful of years ago when i was moving i used to live with my older brother ryan 
and I was going to move out. And for a week I watched the wonder years on Netflix, I believe Netflix, maybe Hulu and built the biggest spaceship I've ever made with Legos. And that was kind of fun. Um, but I would really like a, um, old VW bus made of Legos. Um, it's a really full size? cool set. Yeah. F- yes. Full size. <laughs> <laughs> But it's funny because uh, I visited my brother Ryan recent or a couple of years ago and saw that his shelf also had Legos all over it. So it must have been we just really were into Legos as a kid. So I did get him Legos for Christmas like two years ago. Cool. You mentioned uh, the Wonder Years on Netflix. Can I interject on that? There yeah. was a problem with the Wonder Years on Netflix. <laughs> the, the show is a, a wonderful show, but the Netflix version had a different theme song. You know, the theme song is iconic. It's Joe Cocker singing a little help for my friends. And I thought that they, they got stayed it back. Joe Cocker. Well, at least when I saw it on Netflix a couple years ago, they re-recorded it with some B-roll version of that song. Well, I, kn- that- I know that there was a... I get along with my fellas. <laughs> <laughs> I know there was some problems that they had with the rights to re-air stuff. Because... Back in the day when you're making all those deals, a Netflix did not exist. And that is one of the reasons why it wasn't on your DVD or VHS for a long time. Yeah. Oh, Robbie, you and I, we tried to buy it on VHS on eBay once. We did. I think I actually got a bootleg copy on DVD of all the episodes. Oh, nice. That was fun. Uh, Can you guys name the... uh, the largest tire producer in America? Firestone, Goodyear, Wonder nope. Year, Lego. Or in what? the world. Oh, yeah, they make more tires than anybody else. That makes more sense. Lego sized tires. Other Lego sized tires, but a tire's a tire. <laughs> That's the worst piece of trivia. Ever <laughs> asked Did you have that trivia ever. in your head or you just looked that up? No, no, I, I knew that from a, a, a talk that I, I went to a few years ago. <laughs> is that Legos? linear thinking it's not necessarily the, <laughs> the thing. Right, i think we should move on now uh i think we've exhausted legos as an adult mike what do you think uh you want to share with us today all right so we're going back to serious topics again uh, my topic <laughs> is uh, mandatory or compulsory voting um it's no secret that we're living in a politically turbulent time people are coming out in record numbers we talked about this in the country to have their voices heard and yet when it comes time to do that officially in the in the voting booth, uh, we less than sixty percent of people choose to do so. Uh, we rank twenty sixth in developing democracy or developed democracies in voter turnout. This can force candidates to the extreme ends of the political spectrum and lead to government that doesn't actually represent the people it's meant to represent. So everyone agrees that voting is important. Millions are spent every year uh, to get people to go to the polls. If you remember, rock to vote. We'll see it again. Um, and as this is an election year, the topic has surfaced again of perhaps mandatory voting uh, could solve this problem. 20 countries do it. Belgium and Australia do it. And, and there, if you don't vote, you're fined. And if you miss several votes in a row, uh, you lose the right to vote at all. Could this solve our problem and give us a more representative democracy? Robert, I will begin with you. Just as you started talking, it made me think of how many people voted for the blue M&M 
I'm venturing to guess that more people voted for the blue M&M than probably vote in our national elections here. In the this blue country. M&M um, election have uh, restrictions as to how many times you can vote because I feel like we might be comparing apples to oranges here or M&Ms to <laughs> You're right. You, there, I actually can clearly remember as I must have been 10 years old and there was a 1-800 number that you can call to vote and I must have called that number about 10 times to vote Voter for blue. fraud. <laughs> 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 but uh, on a serious note, um, I don't know how much you want to get into detail. Uh, for voting is very voting is very important, um, but I am against compulsory voting. Um, on on one hand, I'm afraid that if you make voting compulsory, you potentially have people who are disinterested who will then impact the election when they don't even choose to educate themselves on the issues and the candidates. The, and so so that, there could be an option in Australia. I believe this is the case where you can say none of the above. Ooh, okay. But, but, you, but wrinkle. <laughs> maybe you can vote none of the above, but I feel like some people might just vote for what they very surface level think without really knowing anything. So anyways, I, I don't love the idea of, I want people to be informed. I, I want 100% voter turnout, but I want those 100% of voters to make sure that they're informed and, and can choose the best for themselves. Um, I also think that- you know this, all voters are super well informed. No, of course they're not. I, I, I acknowledge that. But I think more than that, instead of making voting compulsory, I think we need to figure out what is actually the root cause? Why are people not voting? Why, why do half of people not vote in presidential elections? And why do you know, 80 or 90% of people not vote in their local elections? And that's, I think we need to answer those questions. And there's, again, I, can't, I don't think I can get into all the things right here, but you talk about discriminatory reasons. You talk about a lack of easy options reasons. You talk about um, you know, being uninformed or being apathetic. Like all of these things are issues that we would have to deal with at the root cause. And that is obviously a very difficult problem to deal with. But I think that if you're going to try to try to address the issue, you have to start there as opposed to just putting this surface level thing on top to say, everyone has to vote. So I'm against right. compulsory voting. Against. Uh, Mike McFadden, what, what are your thoughts? So I had never really given much thought to this prior to you bringing it up. Um, and my initial um, feeling was that I was against um, for m basically most of the reasons that Robbie just outlined. Um, I think that voting should be easy uh, to do. Like the, I believe that everybody should like by default be registered to vote. It shouldn't be complicated. I'm in favor of um, uh, making it easier to like get to the polling places um, as long as it could be secured, maybe perhaps online voting. I know that there's a whole, you know, security issue that you'd have to, to, to figure out, but um, perhaps having, you know, voting holidays um, just I'm in, in favor of um, knocking down any barriers to voting. Um, if somebody doesn't vote because it was too complicated, then I think there's something wrong with the system. Um, right. I, I'm, I think generally against the compulsion to do um, most things by the government. So I was, I was against it. I feel like it's your right to not vote. Um, in the video that you shared with us that there was, you know, one saying that um, not voting is not an act of rebellion. It's an act of surrender, which I, I sort of agreed with. But at the same time, I think that 
you you know have that right to surrender in that case until Mike, you just informed us that one of the options could be in a compulsory voting scenario, none of the above. And so my question would be that I think it's, it's, a, it's an idea that's worth further exploration. I'm not going to fully commit to being for it, but if none of the above gets more votes than the people that are on the ballot, what happens in that scenario? Because I could see I a scenario in which you now need to form a committee that finds somebody you know that is like... Uh, nominated into the, the the role by a committee of their peers or something, but like I feel like the the whole the people that want to go through the process of of being in politics, like it's such a brutal, unforgiving, and like just dirty underworld that like I have no interest in being a part of. And I think some of the best people that could lead us through trying times don't want to subject themselves and their families to that, and so if a compulsory voting system was in place and none of the above was an option, and then that sort of set into play some better system of finding somebody to be the, you know, elected leader. Um, that's something that I think I could get behind, but uh, I, I can't fully go all the way, you know, forward at this point because there's just too much unknown. So maybe test it in some <laughs> States or, or, or something. That's what you're thinking. Yeah. I'd be willing to give it a try and, uh, some states. I do yeah, have an true. important uh, addendum. In the 1995 M&M color <laughs> vote, um, blue won with 54% of the vote out of more than 10 million votes cast. So, so um, not that many votes. Not that many <laughs> compared to our presidential election. <laughs> but think of like American Idol. It's probably hundreds of millions of votes. Yeah, but you can vote uh, like a thousand times. Yeah. Uh, Patrick, what are your thoughts? Um, so just like Mike, it is interesting that you could have the option of none of the above. I think that makes it a more right in Canada or right in candidate. Um, cause in the video that you showed, um, this, the countries that do this, they also have a population that is more knowledgeable of what's going on because they know they have to do this. Mm -hmm. So that could help some of that. Um, At the same time, I think this is probably step 10. There's a lot of other steps that you've talked about, like having a holiday, automatic registration, making it very easy to vote depending on your ability, who you are, where you are. Um, that we would need to do first so that all the people that actually want to vote can vote because that is not the case right now. Um, And when it comes to the local elections, I'm actually okay that it is such a small portion because it's hard enough for everybody to know the reality of a presidential race when you get to see debates on TV and all these commercial or not commercial, but all this information through news and whatnot. But the amount of people who know enough to vote in local races is much lower. So I like the idea of the people who are actually involved in trying to figure out who the best people are um, voting there. I I Mm -hmm. am not against that at all. Um, So I don't know. It's kind of mixed. I, I uh, am with McFadden that I'm kind of, I'd kind of want to know more before I can say for or against, but I'm definitely against for local elections. 
That, that brought up an interesting point. The idea that if everybody was compelled to vote in a local election, then the people running for office would then by default be compelled to spread their message to those people that are going to be voting. And so perhaps that could increase um, you know, well, political uh, engagement at the local level. But I also I see think, your point yeah. that people might just be like, ah, forget it, and then just vote for somebody because they've got a funny last name. Well, it's not just that. It's if every single person has to vote you are looking at right now, like I have somebody who just ran for alderman in Chicago and he had to go with his volunteers door to door to door to get enough people to know who he is to vote. If everybody was, if people knew everybody was going to vote with our system right now, you can dump $10 million in a spot and just say George Stevens over and over and over again. And they're going to win no matter what their position is because you've just said their name enough times. So unless that part changes where you can't just flood a market with money, I think that would be pretty dangerous. Michael, what do you think about this topic? Uh, yeah. So uh, I brought it up cause I think, I think we're all pretty much in agreement that voting is important and, and it's worth exploring, um, you know, different, different methods than, than what we have now. Cause clearly, um, it's not working. Many, many, many years ago when I studied abroad in Australia, uh, it was an election year in the U.S., midterm election. Um, and um, uh, and my friends there were surprised that that uh, you weren't required to vote because that's how, I mean, that's just the, the system that they grew up in. It's really and I interesting. Get, yeah, I, I get that it could have benefits. Um, and I, I, I think that you would end up with a more informed populace because people, are, they're going to have to do this. Um, and so, or else, you know, so they're going to do a little, a little bit of research. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think in America, voting is a right and not a duty. And I'd like to stick with that if we can. Um, so I am against it. I think Patrick hit the nail on the head and Mike, you mentioned it too, in that we need to focus on things to make voting easier. So if that's mail-in voting, if that's automatic registration, if that's um, voting centers instead of polling places so that you could vote anywhere in your state um, and register that day with an ID, I think that would um, really prevent some of, you know, some of the um, issues that we're seeing in, in the nation now where people feel disenfranchised to vote. So um, let's tr- give those a try <laughs> before we uh, start finding people. Uh, one thing that was really interesting from the video that you shared was the fact that Tuesday was picked because it was the day before farmers went to market yeah, let's like have 150 it on years ago. <laughs> it's like, what's the deal with us and not being able to change things that just like don't make sense anymore. Yes. Yeah. seems That's pretty a silly. lot of that. All right. Let's go on to the next topic. My topic, <laughs> which is not serious at all. Um, unless perhaps you're part of this community hashtag van life. Those of you that don't know, hashtag van life is a uh, social media tag that the van life community uses. And van lifing is essentially living in a van and not like Matt Foley down by the river, but, uh, (laughs) 
really, um, you know, if you go on YouTube, it's like, imagine a really nice Joanna Gaines, like modern farmhouse chic kitchen and living room and bedroom, but all condensed into like a Dodge Sprinter van. Um, and, and that's what van life is. And, and you go the room the for your world. Legos. <laughs> no, no, no Legos. No Legos. You got to be you, a minimalist. You go around the world, um, usually like with your special someone and uh, you, you, you road trip and you document it and you, you post it online and somehow eke out a living being a van lifer. So I'd like to start with uh, Patrick because you seem pretty enthusiastic about this when I, I teased this topic um, previously. So are you for or against hashtag van life? So, so much of this depends on time of life. <laughs> right now, living in a house with my wife, uh, we're on our journey of starting a family. I am very against living in a van. <laughs> but if we're talking like early 20s, um, the time when you're kind of experimenting with jobs and stuff like that, I would love to do this for like, six months to travel the country. The idea of being able to go and live in any cool part of the country that you want is really awesome to me. Um, and the vans look cool. And then I can have my little Lego van inside the van. <laughs> that would be cool. Um, it, it kind of one of my uh, now adult versions of this, if I had like a ton of money would be like living a month in different cities around the world for a year. So like you get enough time in that place to like feel like you really know it without it just being like a, a week long vacation. So I kind of feel the same way with the van. Like you'd be able to take it and experience different locations for as long as you want. You're not like paying a hotel bill and then you get to go to the next place once you're bored of it. So are I'm you very okay? for are you okay with compost toilets in your van? Um, I would be. I don't know if the person with me. There's <laughs> enough Starbucks in this nation where you can go from Starbucks to Starbucks and not have. To uh, Mike, keep about. going. Keep going, Mike. Van life. Hashtag van life. What do you think, Mike? Warner? So, yeah, Patrick, you you uh, you outlined a kind of idealized kind of uh, period, and and I'm on board with people getting their inner Jack Kerouac and and hitting the road and. Um, but I think the question is not, um, you know, extended, extended trips, but van life. So that's like <laughs> documenting it over social media and trying to make money doing mm -hmm. this. And I'm getting the same feeling I got when we were talking about triathletes and, <laughs> and, um, people who do CrossFit and won't stop talking about it. I just want them to shut up. So I'm not going to call them any names, but, um, I'm talking I don't to think, you, Eric Lilstrom. I don't think <laughs> I would like. <laughs> I don't think I would. I would want. It, no, that's, that sounds like an old, like so pretentious, and um, they understand that having the ability to do something like that is like such a privilege, and um, and so I'm against hashtag van life as a medium of of documentation and self expression. But if you want to get in a van and drive around the country and experience that, go for it. All right, very good. Thanks, Mike. Uh, Robbie, hashtag van life. The next episode, you... we'll have a van lifer. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you're forcing me to think about this in a different way because I was just thinking about it in the way that Pat was talking about it. You're bringing up the, the, the point of 
documenting it, posting on Instagram, making money as an influencer. And that part of it is uh, very much not me. So I'm going to ignore that part of it (laughs) and go back to the part that I like. And I am so very much for van life the way that Pat described it. Um, As you guys know, I love road tripping. I wish that I could do more of it. One of the best trips I ever took was 12 years ago, Lexi and I spent a month driving around the western part of the country and we camped overnight in places. We slept in the car some nights uh, and, you know, found hotels a couple nights. But and we didn't really completely plan out where we were going. We, we had a few places in mind that we had family in places where we would stop. But other than that, we kind of allowed ourselves to be flexible. But you didn't was, put a you, you didn't have a YouTube series where you post it daily. No YouTube series. That was not part of it for us, and it never would be part of it for us. But I like that trip so much that I've been dreaming of it every year since and dreaming about how I can do it again. And even I think Pat's right. At a certain part of your life, it's easier to do it, and I kind of wish that I spent more time doing this in my 20s. But I'm still trying to figure out how I can do this in my 30s. And it's obviously a lot harder now. I have a one-year-old daughter. Uh, Lexi and I, for a few years, have talked about how, like, maybe at some point, if there's a break in in our career, we can take six months and do that road trip that Pat just talked about, where we maybe not get a sprinter van, but get some sort of an RV and travel around the country for six months. It would be really, really hard with a one-year-old. I'm, I'm admitting that. And so it's a lot easier to think about it with just uh, two people instead of a family. But I am so in love with the idea of trying to, to do it again. I'll give you a quick story. Uh, a couple of years ago, I was sitting down at my parents' home in the Chicago area and having a real honest conversation with my mom. and you know, we were talking about what's important to us in life. And and I kind of laid this whole thing out. I'm like, no, mom, I I know that is very, very difficult to do. But we just were very fortunate that we've been able to have the means to travel a bit. And at some point soon in the next few years, we would love to take six months off, rent an RV and drive around the country. And my mom sat there and she listened and she didn't really make a comment. She just like took it in. Fast forward two days later when she, my, my parents are driving us to the airport to fly back to New Jersey. And every single time that this would happen over the years, when they would drive us to the airport, my mom would just burst out in tears because she hated to see us go. This particular time, she got out of the car and she started crying, as she always does. And she wrapped her arms around me. Mind you, this is two days after the conversation. She didn't say a word after the conversation. But at this point, she put her arms around me and said, Robbie, I don't want you guys to be vagabonds. And she just (laughs) burst out in tears. And so I'm sorry, Mom. I very much want to be a vagabond. Uh, I'm for van life. All right. We've Uh, we've got a great history of... of Making moms upset with us. <laughs> yeah, now it's your turn. See if that happens again. <laughs> I don't think she listens to anything Robbie does. 
so on this topic of van life, I'm a little conflicted myself because if it wasn't for hashtag van life, I wouldn't really know about it to the degree that I, that I know about it. I've gone down some deep rabbit holes of van life, uh, van builds. Um, I've, I've, you know, seen some couples produce their content and I've always really enjoyed it, but I do sort of agree with Mike that there is something pretentious about the whole hashtag van life thing. Um, and so I, I don't think I would want to necessarily be a hashtag van lifer, but I am forever um, grateful for uh, hashtag van life for turning me on to, to the, the idea of building essentially a tiny home in a nondescript um, Dodge Sprinter van and, you know, touring the country. Now, Robbie, I think that you're maybe um, not really thinking about if you wait a couple of years and your child is a little bit older, she might, it wouldn't be, you know, a burden to, to carry a one-year-old around the country, but it could be a treasure to bring your three or four-year-olds to different parts of the, the country and, and let her experience hashtag van life. So, uh, I don't think that you're, uh, you know, not going to be able to pull this one off. I, I totally agree. And I've thought about that. And that's definitely why we would do it at that time. But the big uh, question mark is, will there be another silver child? And that could throw things off if there's a one-year-old at the time. That good. I'm also, uh, I'd like to sort of like wade into the waters of hashtag van life. And I started looking at some RV rental websites do have these class B like vans that you can rent. And so I'd love to do it like as a trip because I think the worst thing you could possibly do is like spend a year building out your van, spending tens of thousands of dollars, you hit the road. And then like the first night, you're like this sucks. Like I hate this. And everything. So I'd like to, I'd like to do a little test run. Um, yeah. That'd be fun. I, by the way, I, I'm very much okay with, What'd you say? Pooping in a composting wood chips? toilet. Yeah, <laughs> composting I, toilet. I've done that, and it's actually—if you do it right—it's quite lovely. I've never done it. It's just like <laughs> I saw one van build. No bidet for that. <laughs> no tushy. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Lexi. Yeah, I saw one van build, and the uh, the toilet receptacle was literally underneath like the counter where he prepared his food, <laughs> which <laughs> goes against the saying, don't, you know, shit where you eat. And he was literally doing that. Um, so I'm, I'm against that for sure. We go uh, back to Robbie and why it was lovely to poop into compost. Uh, <laughs> this was about two years ago. Lexi and I spent a three day weekend in the Adirondacks, Northern part of the state of New York. It was fall, the air was crisp, the leaves were changing, and we found this amazing cabin on a lake, and they didn't have a bathroom indoors, but if you stepped outside, they had a little outhouse, and they had a composting toilet where you lift the lid, and all you see is wood chips and nothing else, and there was no smell. You do what you need to do, and after you're done, you take one single scoop of new wood chips and place it on top. And that's it. Not more than one scoop, just a single scoop. Close the lid. Next time I went back to do my deed Good again, it, it still, it looked clean. It smelled clean. For whatever reason, these wood chips are magic. I don't know if they are instantly disintegrating your waste or what they're doing, but it was pristine. You know oh, what? I'm sorry. That sounds lovely. <laughs> <laughs> I still have to shove that's it out so. of there when it's full. 
All right. Well, thank you very much, guys. Uh, before we wrap up our show for the evening, I'd like to go around and do an instant review. So let's find out how we did. Uh, Patrick, first week back after a week off, what'd you think? Uh, uh, it was okay. thanks why didn't (laughs) Uh, I think uh, last week was very contentious Uh, a lot of crosstalk a lot of yelling at each other some love lost Um, so back to uh, uh, civil discourse and uh, and welcome it so good to talk to you guys as always I liked it see I disagree I liked the uh, (laughs) the back and forth yelling sports radio morning zoo uh, sort of show I'm interested to listen back to this one and see how the uh, political discussion went we talked a little bit about this offline we're we're talking about something that um, relates to politics but it isn't necessarily a left right political Mm -hmm. thing Um, so we'll have to see how that goes on the playback. Well, I hope our listeners you... know that we're still testing things out and we're trying to push the boundaries on what topics we can. Sure. Yeah. What were you guys it. fighting about last week again? Uh, the Ford Bronco and how uh, Ford intentionally released it <laughs> on the day of O.J. Simpson's birthday. Or did not. You, <laughs> you guys convinced me that they did because, I don't know if it was you or Courtney, said that if it was an accident, they would have just moved the day. No one would have ever asked. But the fact that they announced that they moved the day because of O.J. Simpson's birthday was a little suspect. Again, a conversation for another time. (laughs) Last week specifically. Robbie, what'd you think about our show? What'd you think about our show this week? Well, in our show notes, Pat already filled in my score for me. Uh, He said, Robbie sucked 5.5. On the Rob Silver scale. I think he's right. You know, I'm unsure how the serious topics played, at least on the living forever topic. I, I don't know. It maybe have been too big of a topic to try to tackle with this type of format. Uh, still or this dumb of guys. <laughs> right. <laughs> this dumb of guys. <laughs> uh, 5.5. Still a an, an slightly above average show, but not our best. So oh, no, the 5.5 to... was for you. <laughs> <laughs> maybe what we need to do is, if we have a topic like Living Forever, we have a pre-conversation to hammer out exactly what it is that we mean by it before we get into the real conversation that's recorded. Food for thought. Something to think about. Right. right. All right. Thank you all so much for listening. This was episode number nine. As we mentioned last time, these shows don't take a whole lot of time to produce, but it's way easier to not do them. If you'd like us to keep putting out content, please let us know. Your encouragement makes it way more likely that we will. Don't forget to subscribe. Tell a friend about the show and write a review. Find us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at For or Against Pod. Catch you. Next I have a quick time. wait. I have a quick question. Oh. So this was <laughs> this was episode nine. Yes. Are, is we said we were going to do a ten episode season. So is next episode our last episode of this first run? Yes, but season two might start the following week. <laughs> I, my thought is we'll take a, a week off and, and do a production meeting instead of a show, and then we'll decide where we go from there. Oh, and a quick um, uh, cliffhanger. Next week, we're talking about Elon Musk. Are you for or against <laughs> Elon right. Musk? Nice. The Catch musky. you next time. I? <laughs> <laughs> Just old friends.
Friends on the podcast, we build a defense On ridiculous topics, are you for or against? Discussing random issues, man, this show is immense So tune in and choose the side that you sit on the fence Man, we debate a lot of issues, boy, where do we start? Adults who drink milk and self-driving cars You listening now to for or against? So turn the volume up, this is for or against?